Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry once again bringing you the word. It's always an honor, always a privilege to bring you the word. We're so glad that you're listening in or watching. Praise God. Today, once again, we're going to jump back into Luke 6, please. Luke 6. We've been talking about being founded on the rock and what that means. So let's go ahead and read our, our text here. And I'm going to go to verse 46. So Luke 6 and 46. And it just says this, and this is Jesus talking. He says, but why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? Whenever, or pardon me, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. There you go. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently against the house and could not shake it, for it was founded on the rock. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 49. But he who heard, here we go, he who heard and did nothing, in other words, didn't follow through with it, is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house you know, so it clarifies of that house was great, okay? So obviously, uh, we're talking about two different individuals here, uh, or at least representing two different individuals here. Uh, Matthew's account, we did read it uh, last week toward the end of the service. Uh, we might in time here go back into that. But it kind of clarified one was wise, one was foolish. And what made the difference was the fact that they wouldn't do uh, what was asked of them or wouldn't do what was said to them. All right. And so let's go back and look at this. Verse 46 again. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Okay. Well, that, of course, means supremacy, supreme one, supreme in authority. It also means master. Okay. These are just some of the synonyms of this word. And so what he's saying is, why are you calling me supreme? Or why are you calling me master? And you're not doing the things I've asked of you. In other words, you're not uh, following you know, the things I'm leading you in, all right? Instead, what you're doing is you're taking a casual approach uh, to the things I'm saying, all right? You're, uh, you're looking at them as if they're just some kind of suggestion or maybe a recommendation or maybe just maybe some advice from, uh, from a friend or something, okay? And then you have an option here of yay or nay, should I, should I not? And the thing is, we all have a free will, and praise God for that. I mean, I'm grateful that we have a free will, but as I said last week, sometimes our free will can get us in trouble, all right? So in these particular cases, see, he's trying to lead, trying to guide, trying to direct, and the problem is we're not following it. So it goes on here, and it says, Whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I will show you to whom he's like. He's like a man then building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock, okay? So he's showing you that the following, the doing, okay, is the key here. And when you do that, it's like digging deep, laying a foundation. As we brought out last week, every step of obedience that you take, every act of obedience that you follow through with, is like laying another layer. In fact, that word foundation, let's go ahead and define that. The word foundation means something put down. Okay, something put down. Of course, it's talking about a substructure, a footing, a base, or basis. Okay, even sometimes the word basic comes in there too. But 
It's bottom line. He's talking about something being put down or laid down. So what he's saying is every time there is an act of obedience, in other words, you follow when he asks or says something to you, it's like you're laying uh, some more down to that foundation. You're, uh, in this particular reference, it says you're digging down to the rock and then laying a foundation on that rock, okay? And so as we brought out last week that every act of obedience is like putting another brick down, okay? And what happens is as we move along in life, and if we're not necessarily, you know, being, uh, you know, living a life of obedience, which is maybe a word that's going to come up here, but living a life of obedience, what happens is when the storms of life hit, you're not prepared for it. And so what happens is, is like the individual, the second individual listed here, their house ends up going downstream, okay, ends up uh, breaking apart and going downstream because it has no footing, it has no foundation, it's just laying on the rock or laying on the ground, and what happens is it, it begins to uh, crumble away. Next thing you know, uh, there goes their house. Now, obviously, uh, several different things we find out here. Number one, okay, we find out that uh, there's two individuals talked about. The first thing we see is that both of them heard, okay, both heard. So either, either they're seeing something by the written word or, or hearing something that he says to them individually or personally, okay, which is very key because God it communicates with his people every day, all right, or at least wants to, okay. But uh, so he's talking about whether you're talking about his word, written word, or something he's speaking to you, all right. But both individuals heard, okay, that's key. Both heard, okay, so both had, uh, you know, the opportunity to follow that, okay, to say yes or say no. Both heard, okay. Now, one did and one didn't, obviously, okay. So both heard. And the thing I brought out last week, and I'm going to kind of throw this back in there, is because both heard, neither one had an excuse. And that becomes pretty key because when your house is going downstream, okay, because you haven't been following, you haven't been, you know, living a life of obedience, what happens is we get mad at God, we get upset with God, we start blaming God or blaming everything else. But the bottom line is he's making it real clear both of these individuals heard, okay, both heard, so there's no excuses, okay? Uh, secondly, you see in this that both, um, both build a house, obviously, nothing wrong with that, all right? That's actually kind of a good thing, and it, of course, represents, you know, your life, you know, building your life, moving forward, you're building a household, a family, you know, all kinds of things that go with that, and that's what it's re representing here, okay? So both have a, uh, a house, you know, they're both doing something, both have maybe same kind of... Uh, opportunities, same kind of uh, things that, uh, you know, that, that start developing a household. Both of them have this opportunity to do that. We see that. Both um, had a storm. That's another thing you see. And probably the reference is it's probably the same storm rolls in. Okay, both had this storm. Okay, obviously one uh, followed every time uh, there was a, something said to him and one did not. And so what happens is then we see that the result then of the storm was different for each individual. Now, I know this is real basic, sounds pretty, almost like I'm being petty, but the idea is he's trying to make it clear. Jesus ain't just saying words uh, just to kind of fill a sermon, okay? He's trying to show you the principle here, okay, that the importance of living a life of obedience, the power of that's in obedience, okay? 
Every time we walk in obedience, it's like we're, we're either digging down a little bit deeper, making sure we're getting secure to the rock, okay? We're then laying that foundation on the rock, praise God. And he makes it real clear in this text that the one that lost their house, that their whole, everything, you know, blew apart. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden now that house is going downstream. Makes it real clear because they were not founded on the rock. They were missing their foundation, okay? As simple as that, okay? And so this puts a very high price on obedience. James 1 and 22 makes it real clear, you know, to not be, a, in fact, he says it this way, uh, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only, lest you deceive yourself, okay? And that's a very... Uh, very key thing, because it is true. A lot of times, uh, that's what happens. You know, we're hearing things, and, well, you know, I heard that before. Or, uh, yeah, 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 I know, I get it. Or I'll get to it later. So you're hearing, but you're not applying anything, so somehow you justify not doing for whatever reason. The problem that with that is you deceive yourself. You think then, because you heard it, that you're doing it, and you're not, Okay. It's not about whether you heard it or not. It's about whether you're going to do what you've heard. Okay, that's the key. And again, I get it. Okay, it sounds so basic, but man, it makes the difference. Okay, of whether your house is going to stand firm or whether your house is going to be washed downstream. Okay, and I'm telling you, this is so accurate. Okay, uh, what Jesus brought out here, and obviously it was Jesus talking, right? So anyway... So uh, anyway, so what happens when one ends up down, going downstream, and it says immediately it fell, and it, the ruin of it, and this is the tail end of verse 49, the ruin of that house was great. And I just want to say this, a uh, verse that maybe kind of throw in the mix here, Proverbs 1. I did mention Proverbs 1 last week, talked about, you know, the, it also mentions in Proverbs 1 about uh, the difference between being wise and being foolish. Okay, and again, it comes down to the same thing. Those that are going to listen when, it, when there's instruction, those that are going to give heed to what's being said are, be, are going to be considered wise in the eyes of God. Those that will not are going to be considered foolish. In fact, the last verse of Proverbs 1, in verse 33, it says, Whoever listens to me will dwell safely. Now, get this. Whoever listens to me, and the whole thing in, con in context, and it's implied, Okay, that it isn't just hearing, but applying themselves. They're hearing with intent to do. Okay, whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. I mean, that is a huge promise. Okay, but it's saying the same thing. Okay, if you want your house secure, okay, and not washed downstream where the enemy is destroying your lives, okay, destroying your household. Uh, all of a sudden, now everything's going downstream. If you want to avoid that, it comes down to listening with the intent to follow it. You got to do it. You got to be a follower of what you're hearing, all right? So, anyway, praise God. What we're going to do today, uh, we're going to, um, let's see here, let's go to John 4. And I'm going to talk about this thing called obedience. I'm going to talk about the power of obedience. Uh, Maybe I could even say the life of obedience. Uh, but we're going to talk about uh, what it means to walk in obedience and why that is so important, kind of coming at it from a little bit different angle. And uh, I just want, uh, want you to be clear 
on when Jesus is saying, you know, hearing and doing and how important that is, okay, um, many times people think their lives are shaped uh, by, uh, by everything that's around them, okay? Um, well, what's the best way to say that? By, maybe by their conditions. Let's use that word, okay? Everything about my life is based on my conditions. No, everything about our life is based on our decisions, not conditions. Okay, I want you to hear that. Because okay, we can have all kinds of things come our way that, that ain't good or ain't great, but if you make right decisions when you're following God, you can turn things around and make it right. Okay, the devil doesn't have to control your household. doesn't have to destroy your lives, okay? And no matter what you've been brought up in, no matter what your background is, you know, you can't sit and look at your conditions and say it's the problem. No, it's the decisions that we make in the midst of our conditions, okay? So no matter what's going on, I guarantee you we're going to find by the Scriptures you can turn anything around if you just follow God, okay? Follow Him, not just talking about the written Word here, which obviously is very important, but we're talking about even those little things that God speaks to us. And I like to say just simple instructions, which is kind of a key word. Okay, simple instructions that go on every day. And if you'll follow those things, you begin to build, uh, you begin to dig down deep and build that foundation on the rock so that no matter what comes down the road, you got a house that's secure, praise God. And man, you're on the way uh, living the life you're called to live, praise the Lord. John 4, what we have here, um, Jesus, of course, uh, all the uh, disciples and him kind of come in to... Um, uh, Samaria here, and so what happens is they, the boys decide they're going to go get some food, go into town a little further, get some food. Jesus is waiting out, out by the edge of town, by the well, and obviously uh, it was his decision that he wanted to do this, and obviously he was being led by, uh, by the Spirit of God. He meets up with a gal that came to get water at the well, and we have a whole uh, situation that happens here, and obviously Jesus reads her mail, and she realizes that Jesus ain't no ordinary man. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, looks to him as a prophet because of the things that he basically, you know, he read her mail, okay? And so uh, we're coming in to tail into this story. The woman has, has gone into town now to get, tell all the other men and people in town about this guy that's sitting out by the well. Well, about that time, the disciples show back up too. They've got some food. And uh, they asked Jesus, you know, let's get something to eat. And he says this. He said, in verse 34, he said, uh, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Okay, so he, he had told him, you know, I've already ate. And really, they, they were trying to figure out where did you get food or whatever. But what he's talking about is doing the will of God. Okay, doing. Okay, obviously, in this text, he's showing us that obviously he was asked by the Lord to do something here. Now, remember, Jesus makes it real clear, especially through the Gospel of John. We see it pretty, uh, uh, quite frequent in the Gospel of John. He says, you know, I'm, uh, uh, I cannot of, of myself do anything. He says, but what I hear the Father say is what I do. And what I see the Father do is what I, or is what I see the Father do is what I do. What I hear is what I say. There we go. And so the bottom line is, it comes down to this. He's obviously following God in this text. He went into Samaria. Because the Lord told, or the Father told him, go to Samaria. All right, went to the well because the Father told him to go to the well. Met up with somebody there, read her mail. 
All right, now we got a, a little evangelist goes into town, brings back everybody else, and he, we got a, a meeting going on now, okay? But what he's making clear to his disciples is, okay, my food is to do what God has asked me to do. Now, why is that so important? Well, this word food means sustenance, okay? It means sustenance, nourishment. It literally means necessities of life, livelihood, words like support, uh, aid, like A-I-D, aid, or fuel, okay? So when, you're, when he's talking about my food, okay, and he says that my food is to do the will of him. So in other words, my sustenance comes by doing what the Father has asked me to do. That's what he's saying. And obviously he makes that clear all through Scripture here, okay, that all my needs are met because I'm following what I'm led to do, okay? When Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing, okay? Man, you think the, you're thinking about, okay, the Savior, okay? Our Lord, okay, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, right, is saying, I can of myself do nothing. I think that's something you've got to take heed to, all right? Okay, and he says, as I hear is what I say, as I see is what I do. Okay, he's making it clear that my sustenance is based on following when I'm being led. And I'm just saying this, okay, our lives are no different, okay? If we want our house to be secure, we want to make sure that we're putting down a foundation, it's going to be the same thing. See, our sustenance, okay, our livelihood. That word also uh, support, it means, or reinforcement. I thought that was kind of interesting. So not only provision, but also reinforcement. I thought that was kind of uh, interesting. But, but when you look at it, that's exactly what it is. If you want all of heaven's resources at your disposal, the way to do that is to follow God in the little things. Okay, it's the daily things that determine our lives. See, it's the decisions that we make that shape our lives, not the conditions, but the decisions, okay? So I hope that that came across clear to you. All right, so he's making the same thing. He said, listen, my sustenance came because I did what he asked me to do, all right? And, uh, you know, obviously they're thinking, you know, natural food, and and, uh, he's not, okay? But hopefully the boys got it, you know, before it was over with. But anyway, the bottom line is that's what he's bringing out. Okay, James 1, let's look at another reference here on this. Now, again, we're talking about uh, the power of obedience, or we could say the life obedience, why it's so important. James 1, okay. I kind of last week had made, uh, made you know, a statement when, you know, about the fact that sometimes we, we have such a casual approach to things that he says, and we, we just don't value it like we should. When God is just leading in little things, when, when God just says, you know, let's, you know, guard your words or, or don't, don't take that thought. Or uh, when he says, you know, uh, this would be a good time to be kind or a good time to just, you know, let it go or whatever he says. It's, it's in these little things that determines how you're going to lay your foundation on the rock, okay? And if we can't even follow God in those things, then what happens is these storms in life blow in. And we're not, we just can't stand, okay? We're, we're, we're washed downstream because we're not used to following, following him in anything, okay? And so we got to see the value of it, all right? Again, I, I'm being very slow with this on purpose, okay? James 1, 25, he says, but, 
but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, this is James 1 and 25. Now, obviously, he's, in context, he's talking about the word. Okay, if you back up there a little further, you're going to see it. He's talking about taking and receiving the word of God, listening to the word of God, amen, and following it. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty, I like how he calls it that, you know, something that's complete, something that's proven, a proven principle is what he's talking about, and continues in it. There it is. And continues in it. Does it, right? And not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, or we could say a doer of what you've, what you've read or what you've heard, okay, a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does, okay? So the one that's doing is the one that's going to be blessed. That's a key word here. Okay, the word blessed means an empowerment. Okay, again, we're talking about that sustenance, that, 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 that nourishment, that life, that, that not only provision, but also uh, but a reinforcement, the support, the aid, everything that you need is in the doing of what you hear, okay? So you're looking into this word, you're hearing this word, but you got to be, you got to continue in it, and you got to be a doer of it, okay? That's what he's bringing out, and not some forgetful hearer, which obviously implies we can do that, and obviously, all right, that happens, all right? So he says, be a doer. Now, the message translation kind of ends this verse as uh, the one that's doing will uh, find delight, an affirmation in the action or in the doing of it, okay? We'll find delight and affirmation uh, in the action of it, okay? The Amplified says it this way. Uh, it says, uh, being not a, I'm just kind of taking the second half of the verse here, being not a heedless listener, I love this, heedless, be not a heedless listener who forgets, but yet be an active doer, in other words, one who obeys, he shall then be blessed in his doing. And it literally says, in the life of obedience. Okay, there's that a cool phrase there, a life of obedience. So in other words, you're going to be blessed in the doing of it. Now, another reference on this, uh, in Luke 11 and 28, Jesus, of course, uh, makes the statement, blessed are those, there's that word again, blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Bless, there's that word again, that empowerment, okay? Uh, so if you, want, if you want to be empowered, if you want the sustenance, that's why he says, you know, my food, my sustenance, my provision, uh, you know, my, my nourishment, my reinforcement, my support, my aid, okay, is in the doing. He makes it clear. So Jesus said, that's the way it works for me, and that's the way it's going to work for you. Jesus makes it real clear the same works that I do shall you do. Okay, and even greater works than these, he says, uh, shall you do. Well, obviously, what worked for him was the fact that as he heard, he'd, you know, he'd do. Okay, he, if he saw the Father do it, that's what he did. If he heard the Father say it, that's what he said. Okay, he makes that so clear, all right? And it's in the doing of the leading or the bidding or the prompting or the saying, however you want to word it, okay, which is going to be key here, all right? In fact, let's go back to Luke in chapter 10 here. Luke 10. I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Luke 10, okay. Now, in context, well, in fact, let's just read it. Verse 25, it just says, Behold, a, a certain lawyer, 
Okay, now that just means, uh, that word lawyer means an expert in the law. So obviously somebody that understands the word, got some kind of understanding of the word here. Okay, understood uh, the law, it says. Okay, so a lawyer stood up and, and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Okay, well, he said to him, what, what, What's written in the law? In other words, you, 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 know, you obviously are aware of it. And he knew he was being tested here, but he's, he kind of put it back in the guy's face. He said, what's your reading of it? Okay. Well, he answered and said, uh, you know, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and, and your neighbor as yourself. And, of course, Jesus, you know, agreed with him, right? He says, uh, you have answered rightly, he said. But then he said this. He said, do this, and you'll live. In other words, it, you can't just, you know, he called the guy out, really. He said, listen, you can't just, you know, say you know what it says. You got to also apply it. You got to do it. Okay. So he kind of called this guy out. In fact, the Amplified says it this way it says, Do this and you will live. You will enjoy an active, here we go, blessed, endless life in the kingdom of God. All right. So, so that's what, how the Amplified brings it. So when he says that, do this and you shall live, that's what he's talking about. You're going to have the life you're called to. Amen. You're going to have that abundant life that Jesus referred to. In fact, John 10. In verse 10, he just says this, is the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. Now, see, obviously lets it be known that you're not called to live a life that the thief comes in and steals and ransacks your life all the time. All right, you're called to have an abundant life. So it makes it real clear who's doing the thievery and who provides the abundant life. Now, the reason I mention that is because all through that text, he talks about his sheep, okay, know his voice, hear his voice, and follow his voice. So by doing what you're hearing is going to determine some things. It's going to make the difference between the abundant life or not. It's just so key. You see it threaded throughout the scriptures, okay. In fact, we're going to go to a few more references here. In fact, let's go, let's jump into the Old Covenant for a few minutes. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 1, please. Isaiah chapter 1. Hallelujah. Hope you're hearing this, child of God. Isaiah chapter 1. Praise the Lord. Now remember, this makes the difference between whether you're going to lay a foundation or not. Okay, every act of obedience is like putting, as the word says, putting something down okay you're either laying another layer of footing or whatever or you're laying another brick or we could say you know in today's terms you're pouring a stem wall okay whatever it may be but it's your substructure that you're working on and every day your little acts of obedience make sure that your house stays secure that's the purpose of a foundation so it's not going to be you know every time something shifts a little bit or a little water rolls by it's not going to Take out, you know, everything that's under you, all right? Now, Isaiah 1, verse 19, okay, this is what's said to him. He says, if you're willing and obedient. Now, obviously, willingness is a key in this one, okay? Uh, so if you're willing and obedient, it says you shall eat the good of the land, okay? But if you refuse and rebel, in other words, not do, okay, you shall be devoured by the sword, okay? 
Now get a hold of that, okay? Now it says if you're obedient or willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land, which literally means you're going to partake of the best available, okay? In other words, you're going to have the good life is what he's saying, okay? But if you don't, okay, it says here, you're going to be devoured by the sword. Now you have to understand that he's talking about the enemy, okay? All right, so he's, you know, the word's real clear. And, and also in Isaiah, he talks about, he brings it real clear that the enemy is always trying to form a weapon against you, okay? He's always trying to do something, somehow looking for a way in to steal, kill, and destroy. This is old covenant, but it's no different than the new covenant, okay? Jesus clarifies that. There's no difference, okay, because you have a good God and you have a bad devil, all right? And the enemy is always coming to steal always coming to destroy your life, all right? But the Lord, praise God, is there, amen? If you will follow Him, I guarantee you, you'll live a life of success, praise God, and not a life of destruction, all right? Or that's destroyed, maybe a better way of saying it. So He says here, you can eat the best that's available. You can eat the good of the land, or if you're not going to follow, okay, when He leads, then what happens is this weapon that's been formed against you is going to take you out, all right? In other words, we could say, a storm, okay, uh, like we can look what Jesus talked about there in Luke. We could maybe say this storm that's been formed against you now is going to take you out because you're not ready for it because you won't follow when he leads. Let's look at another reference. Let's go to the book of Job, okay, Job chapter 36, please. Child of God, I hope you're hearing it. All right. Job 36, please. And... Um, we're going to go to uh, verse, let's do verse 11 and verse 12, both this. And now this is Elihu talking to Job and his friends, okay? Now Elihu was a young man that basically for the first 30 chapters of this sat around and listened to what all these guys were having to say. And finally he kind of interrupts and says, wait a minute, I think we need to have rethink some of this. And he started talking about some things that the Lord had shared with him. And obviously, he's sharing a word of the Lord here. He says this, If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Talk about a good 401k plan here, amen. For they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. But if they do not obey... They shall perish by the sword. There it is again. And they shall die without knowledge. So bottom line is the same thing. Whatever that weapons that's been formed against you is going to take you out. Okay. Again, it comes down to obedience. The power of obedience here. Okay. Now he's talking to Job and his friends. And in context, all you got to do is back up and look at this. All right. He's addressing Job. He's saying, listen. Okay. Uh, we know some things about Job's life. We know that Job yielded to fear, okay, in the very beginning. We do know it was a demonic attack. We know that by, uh, by the scriptures here in the beginning of Job, all right? It was, uh, in fact, uh, obviously the enemy came in, all right, and uh, there's a whole scene that lays out about this thing. But what Elihu's trying to bring out is somewhere along the line, God was talking to you. All right, somewhere along the line, God was talking to your kids. Now, you just back up and read this. I'm telling you, this is what he's saying, okay? He says, somewhere along the line, God was talking to you, and you didn't yield to it. 
Now, all of a sudden, this storm rolls in, and obviously it was a bad one. I ain't picking on Job. It, it was a nasty thing that happened to Job. Lost his whole family. Okay, that's a nasty thing. Okay, it wasn't nothing good about this, okay? But he's trying to make it clear, okay? And this man here got, got the, 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 the hand on the back, the pat on the back uh, from God because he was given a right word, okay? The friends of Job got rebuked for the things they were saying. All right, but Elihu comes along and gets the word of God, gets the pat on the back for speaking the word of God and makes it clear, okay, you're going to get mad at God, whether he's trying to, you know, he's dealing with everything from self-righteousness to self-condemnation. I mean, Job was back and forth, and a lot of it because his friends were right there kind of doing the same stuff, trying to, you know, shove all this in his face. Now, I'm saying a little bit more about Job than I wanted to, but the bottom line is I'm trying to bring out here, he makes it real clear, Elihu, through the word of the Lord, is making it clear that somewhere along the line, they were hearing instruction that they weren't giving heed to. All right, so they weren't giving heed to it. So now, all of a sudden, here comes the storm of life, and it takes people out. And this was a costly storm here. We're not just talking about lost a little bit of assets here and there. Okay, he lost a lot of that too, but, but he lost lives. He lost family, okay, serious business, okay. Now, a lot of people talk about the life of Job and all that and they, whatever, but the bottom line is, uh, you know, it comes down to this, okay. I guarantee you that Job was dealing with fear and different things, and God probably talked to him about it. He wouldn't yield, just kept on, you know, walking in fear probably dealt with his kids about certain things. They kept ignoring it. And now all of a sudden there's an inroad. The enemy comes in and brings destruction. Okay? Child of God, hear it. Okay? Give heed to this. All right? Please. All right. So uh, let's look at another reference. Let's go to Deuteronomy 28, please. Deuteronomy 28. We see it weaved all through Scripture here. Deuteronomy 28. A lot of times referred to, you know, uh, the blessing of Abraham, okay? It just talks about the blessing and the curse. It really defines it pretty good in this text. Uh, but he says this, let's look at it. Chapter 28 of Deuteronomy, it says this in verse 1 and verse 2. And now it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God, to observe carefully all His commandments. And that word commandments just means utterances. So something He's saying, okay? which I command uh, you today that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth and all these blessings, here it is again, shall come upon you and overtake you because, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. comes right down to obedience. Okay? In fact, let's, let's jump over to verse 15. It says this, But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes and other things that he declares and utters, uh, which I command you today that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And you always notice anytime the curse, people want to blame God. God says, listen, the difference is whether you're going to do or not do. That's what it comes down to. See, child of God, you got to understand the curse is out there. It's everywhere. And, it's, and the enemy is trying to do whatever he can to get into your life and your family and destroy, steal, kill, destroy, trying to take life, trying to take everything you got, trying to be a thief in every area of your life. 
And if you don't follow God, I guarantee you he's going to have an inroad. I don't say that to bring panic. I'm just trying to let you know that this is how it works. You want the blessing activated? Follow God when he leads. And you can't use that as some excuse, okay, that, well, uh, you know, no. God's always trying to lead, trying to direct and guide. And whether or not you're going to give heed to it or you're just going to have some casual approach to it is up to you. And a lot of Christians have nothing but a casual approach to the things God talks to them about. And their life ends up in a shambles. And you want to blame God all you want to, and I guarantee you one day you're going to wake up and realize God had nothing to do with that mess in your life. But I guarantee you that no matter what's gone on, if you will just follow God, I guarantee you can turn things around and make things right. All right? But you've got to be willing to follow God when he leads. Oh, I hope you're hearing this, child of God. Other places here in Deuteronomy, I probably don't have time to, to get to it, but uh, you get back in like around chapter 11, and you see uh, he talks about the, uh, you can literally have days like heaven on earth. If you read that whole thing, the whole thing's talking about following him when he leads. I mean, even Jesus said, he said, uh, you know, in the model prayer, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Okay, which means all of heaven's resources can be available to you. But again, it comes down to a people who are willing to follow when God leads. Hope you're hearing this, child of God. I'd rather have days like heaven on earth than days like hell on earth any day. Well, that's even scriptural. I'll show you that here in a few minutes. In fact, uh, you know, in here it's again, again, let's look at this Deuteronomy 28. Okay, he says, listen, if you will diligently obey. Okay, he said, all these blessings are going to come upon you and overtake you. Now, remember, he's talking to the children of Israel. And in context, okay, also you see through all, all of this, okay, he says, listen, this is going to be the difference between walking in your promised land or not. When the children of Israel, that first generation, didn't go into the promised land, they wandered for 40 years and 40, uh, you know, 40 years throughout that wilderness. Okay, a lot of people say, well, that was a God thing. No, it wasn't. It was based on their disobedience. Read the scriptures. You can go into Hebrews chapter 3, chapter 4, and you'll see all through there. Okay, he talks about the different things that happened is why they could not, that first generation didn't walk in the promised land, why they didn't walk in the blessing. But they experienced the curse because they wouldn't follow. Listen, I'm not trying to depress you. I'm just trying to show you. It's simple obedience to just simple things, and you'd be amazed at how your life moves forward in God. Hebrews 12 brings out real clear, he says this. He said, don't think for one minute, okay? Now, this is Robert's paraphrase, right? But you can go through it and read it, okay? Don't think for one minute that what happened to the children of Israel won't happen to you. He says, if you're going to disobey or, you know, refuse the voice of him who speaks to you from heaven... He said, if you're going to refuse every time he talks to you, then understand the same thing that happened to the children of Israel is what's going to happen to you. And of course, he's talking about that, that first generation. Now, remember, the second generation, led by Joshua, ended up going in and taking their promised land. Now, they had a few hiccups, which came right down to the same exact thing. If you're not going to give heed to what he says, you're going to have some problems. But if you give heed to it, praise God, the enemy has no inroad can't come in and steal, kill, and destroy, and you can continue to live the abundant life that you're called to. In this case, says you can live under the blessing, praise God. 
Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Proverbs. Hallelujah. You've got to at least bring something out in Proverbs. Proverbs in 14, please. We're winding her down here, child of God. Hallelujah. There's probably a few of you thinking, praise the Lord, huh? Hallelujah. Proverbs 14. Hallelujah. <clears throat> it says this, there's a way that seems right. This is verse 12, 14, 12 of Proverbs. There's a way that seems right, okay, to a man, but its end is the way of death, okay? There's a way that seems right. In other words, it appears right or convenient, it also means. Uh, literally, that comes by reason or by assumption. It seems right. But I just want you to know there's a lot of lives that were destroyed, a lot of havoc that came into people's lives because they did what seemed right and not doing what was right, okay? And again, it's dealing with being led by God, whether you're going to be led by God or you're just going to do whatever seems right to you. Now, it says this, the end of its way is death. It means ruin or destruction, but get this, it means the state or the place of Hades, which means literally hell on earth. See, there's a lot of people that wouldn't follow God because it didn't seem right to them. Okay, so they went and did what seemed right to them. And it ended up like a living hell. Man, I, listen, that's, that's what it says. Okay, so when Jesus is talking about following and how you can, every time those little steps of obedience lays and puts something else down, another brick, another brick, another layer on the footing, whatever it is that connects your house, your life, your, your family, hallelujah, your household, we could say, to the rock. What's going to connect you to the rock so that when any kind of storm will roll in, you're not going to be flushed downstream because you didn't have a footing or a foundation under you. Now, he says this. He says, what seems right. Let me show you an example of that, actually. And we'll close maybe with this in 1 Samuel chapter 15, please. And King Saul, who at the time is, you know, it's, he's king. And uh, chapter 15, please. And he has asked, okay, there's an uh, Amalekite uh, had done some things and been guilty of some things, and he was asked by God to go in there and take care of the Amalekites and basically take it off the face of the map, eliminate everything. Now, you might say, well, that seems kind of harsh, but everything that was done in the Old Covenant is types and shadows of things in our life, and sometimes God deals with you about things, says it's time to eliminate that, time to remove that, okay? And we, you know, don't do it because it doesn't seem right, okay? I just want to show you this, okay? So he doesn't take out, you know, take care of business because he follows what everybody else is saying and what seems right. And so instead of just eliminating everything, he says, well, you know, I'm going to keep a few things, and we're going to offer up, a, you know, we're going to keep all these animals and all this and all that, and then we're going to offer it up to God as a sacrifice. And so we have this statement here, okay? This is what the prophet then says to Samuel. The prophet Samuel, I mean, says to Saul, verse 22. So Saul, Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, 
and to heed or give heed, see, do what he says, than the fat of rams. In other words, God isn't interested in your sacrifices. Okay? What he's interested in is just following what he said. I want you to hear this because he thought what seemed right was, well, what's the point in eliminating everything here when we could take this and use this and do this and do that? And, you know, we'll, we'll offer God a great sacrifice and, and make it good. Now, you hang on to that because it got him in trouble. All right? And he lost his kingship over it. That's pretty serious business. Okay? Pretty serious. He lost his kingship over it. Okay, from that moment on, the prophet now is sent to go find another replacement for him. Boy, whew. And I've, I've heard a lot of people that, you know, might think that, oh, that's real harsh. You know, well, that doesn't apply to us today. I'm telling you, it does too apply to us today. Disobedience is disobedience. I don't care how you cut it. If God's leading you to do something and you don't follow it, I'm going to tell you somewhere along the line, you, there's going to be a, a payday for that. Now, it's not because God's trying to do something to you or going to do something to you. It's, you got to remember, there's a curse out there. There's an enemy out there. He's looking for every inroad he can. And if you're not laying the foundation, pretty soon, you know, here comes some kind of storm. And because you haven't laid the foundation, now your house is going downstream. Now, I want you to hear this, and I want you to hear it good. All right? All right? Somebody said, well, God is merciful. You're darn right he's merciful. Praise the Lord he's merciful. Hallelujah. If you need mercy today, get it. But you know, mercy didn't put the brick down in the foundation. Mercy's not laying a foundation. And I'm going to tell you, mercy doesn't, you know, somehow or another, you know, keep you free from the storms of life. I hope you're hearing this, okay? Mercy's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't eliminate the storms. Mercy's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't prepare you for the storms. It's a great thing. When you need mercy, grab it. I'm telling you. Because we've all made mistakes. We've all messed up. But understand, don't just chuck it off then and think it's okay that we can always just draw on mercy when God's trying to lead us in things. See, if you're not putting down the foundation, if you're not laying the foundation on the rock, all it takes is the right kind of storm to come through, and now your whole household's disrupted. And you've lost everything. I mean, depending on what it is, uh, you know, in, in the case that Jesus was talking about, the whole house literally going downstream. That's pretty serious business. And now we might look at that and think, well, it's just some story he told. No, he's trying to show you a principle here of how important it is to follow God when he leads you in the simple thing. It's the little thing. It's never these major big things. It's always the little simple things day in and day out that God is talking to you about. And I'm going to make that pretty clear to you uh, next week. Uh, I hope you connect with me next week. But I'm just telling you, this is how this thing works. Every act of obedience, every step of obedience is important. And every act of disobedience, okay, you have to also see it as just as important, okay, and even though there's mercy and there's forgiveness, but understand mercy doesn't eliminate the storms and mercy doesn't prepare you for any storm. All right? It's the acts of obedience, the doing when God leads day in and day out. Hope you got something today, child of God. Father, I just give you praise and glory for a people of God that had an ear to hear 
a heart to receive, and again, for opening the eyes of our understanding. We give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Child of God, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Word of Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.